Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Tales to Terrify, part of the District of Wonders network. Featuring Starship Sofa and Far-Fetched Fables, everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Have it to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Good evening, children of the night. The first season of Hulu's Castle Rock, set in the Stephen King multiverse, has concluded with its tenth episode, and I was quite satisfied with it. I'd initially thought that I would give a sort of episode-by-episode take, but I couldn't figure out a way of doing that without uh, spoiling or being incredibly vague. I am not as well-versed in the Stephen King Dark Tower multiverse as some of you may be, so I'm sure that the show is absolutely chock-full of Easter eggs, but most of them I'm sure I missed. There is something in the kind of horror that I enjoy, something where there are mechanics to our reality that are logical, or maybe better said, the fabric of our reality has a logic that exceeds our ability to understand. As a result of this sort of story, Castle Rock does conclude its main plot, but leaves the viewer with a fistful of loose threads. Perhaps there will be a second season where some of them are resolved. I enjoyed that the exterior shots of Shawshank Prison were filmed at Moundsville State Penitentiary in West Virginia. I have a head full of pleasant memories spending a long evening roaming the grounds, the cells, and the roof. If there are interior shots, I couldn't recognize them because I only saw them in the dark. The gate that you see in the show in which buses and cars come in and out of the prison is the gate uh, that I think was referred to as the carriage gate, and when it was time for executions, that is where inmates were hung. I also appreciated that Henry Deaver found himself in an anacolic chamber. Children of the Night, if any of you have ever spent time inside of Microsoft's Building 87 chamber, please email me, tales to terrify at gmail.com. I'd love to hear you describe your experience in one of the quietest places on Earth. Sissy SpaceX episode, The Queen, was one of my favorites of the whole series, and I thoroughly enjoyed the recurrent themes of reality boiling up into madness, and walking that line where despair is poisoned by hope, making it all the worse. I think the series will be worth your time. Let's hear some fiction. John Gauthier is a horror and science fiction author whose work has appeared in various publications, including Mythic Magazine and Polar Borealis Magazine. He currently lives in Ottawa, Ontario, with his wife, daughter, and dozens of unfinished and uncooperative stories. Children of the Night, lend me your ears for John Gauthier's Noise of Great Waters, a Tales to Terrify original.
Hi, Father. Thanks for agreeing to meet with me. I wasn't even sure if you'd read my email. To tell you the truth, I was actually pretty surprised to see that the church had a website. It's just one of those things you never really think about, I guess. But it makes sense. Even you guys can't ignore something like the internet forever. Sorry, I'm just kidding around. I guess I'm nervous. I tend to say stupid things when I'm nervous. Anyway, I know my email said I wanted to talk to you about my marriage, but I'm embarrassed to say that was actually a lie. Truth is, I'm not even married. I'm sorry, I I know that lying to a priest is probably pretty bad, maybe even a sin or something, but I knew it would be the only way I could get you to meet with me. If I told you the real reason, well, you probably would have thought I was crazy and ignored me, but now that I'm here, you don't really have a choice but to at least hear what I have to say. Thanks. I actually feel a lot more comfortable back here. It's one of those parts of a church that no one really thinks about. But I guess you need to have some personal space like anyone else. Yeah, some coffee would be good, actually. I don't suppose there's any way we can crack open one of those bottles of wine. Sorry. Another stupid joke. Just black. Thanks. No sugar. I guess I should also let you know that I'm not religious. I haven't been to a church or tried talking to God in a very long time. Probably not since high school. In fact, up until last week, I've pretty much been an atheist, if you want to know the truth. I'm sorry if you find that offensive. I guess I've always found all the God and Bible stuff a little too hard to believe once I got old enough to really start questioning it, you know? Plus, there's a lot of stuff I just can't agree with you guys on. Gay marriage and abortion, things like that. I was raised Catholic, but my family never really went to church or prayed before meals or anything. I was baptized and went to a Catholic school, but... That was about the extent of it. Anyway, I think I've started rambling. That's something else I do when I'm nervous. Okay, I'll get to the point. Like I mentioned, this is going to sound fucking crazy. Sorry. Shit. Ah, sorry again. I swear quite a bit, too. I can't even imagine what you think of me. Does the Bible say swearing is bad, though? Obviously, blasphemy is, but I know. I know. Sorry. Okay, let's try again. It happened almost two weeks ago. I was on my way home after hanging out with this girl I've been seeing. She actually works at the comic book store on Grove next to Bose Hardware. She's really cool. Long brown hair, cute glasses, great body. And she doesn't even get how hot she is. You know what I mean? Makes it actually possible for guys like me to... Sorry, I know. I'm obviously beating around the bush on purpose. Okay, here it is. It was about three in the morning and this girl, Annie, she'd wanted me to spend the night. But I have a dog and... He'd been alone since before dinner. My neighbor had gone and fed him and let him out and whatnot, but I knew he'd still be lonely, you know? His name's Levi. He's a German shepherd who I rescued from this... I guess it doesn't really matter. Anyway, I have a small place on Fisher Lake, and Annie lives here in town, so it's about a 20-minute drive back to my place. I don't know if you've ever been up to Fisher Lake, but there's only one road that leads into it, and it's really long and winding, and it's completely surrounded by trees. I tell you, driving down that road in the middle of the night can be scary. So I've got Rush's Roll the Bones blasting on the car stereo, and I'm singing along to it, partly to keep myself awake and partly to keep from getting too scared. I'm embarrassed to admit, but even though I'm a grown man, I still get afraid of the woods when I'm alone, especially when it's dark. And it was dark. Really, really dark. And you couldn't see any stars or the moon or anything from all the trees that towered above the road. The headlights on my old Silverado are also all fogged up, so they're really dim. 
I've heard toothpaste can clean that up or something, but I've never tried it. Anyway, so I'm driving along this empty gravel road, completely surrounded by a thick wall of forest. My shitty headlights and the constant curves only allow me to see maybe ten feet in front of me. So I come around one curve and... Shit. Sorry. It's just hard to talk about it. This... Thing runs across the road. I knew right away that it wasn't an animal or anything because it was upright, like a human, you know? And I know it wasn't Bigfoot because it was all white. It was completely white and it actually seemed to glow. It was like it was made of light or something. I slammed on the brakes and my truck shuddered to a stop. It even fishtailed a bit on the loose gravel. I was shaking all over and my heart was slamming against my ribs. I turned the radio down and just sat in the pitch black silence, trying to understand what I had just seen. Like I mentioned, it was all white and glowing. And, uh, it had wings, father. Actual, full-fledged fucking wings. Do you get what I'm saying? It was an angel. Now I can tell by the look on your face that you either don't believe me or you think I'm crazy. Or maybe you think I'm teasing you or something, and I completely understand why you would think any one of those things. I know exactly how it sounds. The fact that I saw an angel in the woods. But it's 100% true, and unfortunately... It's not the end of my story. Not even close. Ha! <laughs> That's awesome. Hell yeah, I'll have one. I didn't take you for a Scotchman, Father. I thought you guys just stuck to the wine. Nah, don't worry, I won't tell anyone. So, like I said after the... After it ran across the road, I was just sitting there, trying to make sense of everything. Then there was this flash of orange light from within the trees on the same side of the road that the the angel, had come out of. I jumped back in my seat and shielded my face from the flash and from the heat. You see, Father, that was the craziest thing. I could feel this really intense heat. It was like my truck had suddenly turned into an oven. You know when you build a bonfire a little too high and you get a little too close to it and you can feel your skin sort of start to bake? It was that kind of heat. And I was sitting there baking in my truck when another when another creature came running out of the woods, but it was nothing like the first creature. This thing was black, almost like it was wearing a skin-tight leather suit, but it wasn't even black, not really. It was more like it was just completely void of color and light, sort of like it was made of darkness or something. It's like it was made of outer space. Does that make sense? So it bounded across the road, too right through my dull headlight beams. It looked kind of like an angel, but it didn't have any wings, and its body was thick with lean muscle. It was also completely bald, and had a face like a human. It could have easily passed for a human, actually, except for, except for it had these horns, you see. These long, jagged horns curled down from the top of its head all the way to its shoulder blades. Shit, those horns, father. Sticking out of its head like that? That was just about the worst thing I thought I'd ever see in my life. And the way that it ran, it barely even moved its feet. It kind of floated across the ground like a human snake or something. So it runs across the road, and after a few minutes, that crazy heat just goes away. And then I'm just sitting there wondering, what in the name of, you know, what the heck is going on? And I was worried that maybe Annie had given me some kind of crazy drug or something. Or that maybe I was even losing my mind a little from all those fumes I'd breathed in working at the factory over the years. Now, I'm sure you know what I'm getting at. What I'm about to say, if the white thing was an angel, then surely this dark thing must have been a demon or a devil or whatever. I mean, that would make sense, right? 
That would be the logical assumption. Shit, like logic has anything to do with this. Yeah, yeah, I'll have another. Thanks. I guess you can see me shaking, to tell the truth. Talking about this is making me pretty fucking terrified. I'm afraid that they, that they're, well, maybe I should just tell you the rest. So I sat there in my truck for maybe five minutes, just sat there, staring into the road, watching the moths and mosquitoes fly around the glow of the headlights. Finally, I decided to shake it all off as some weird hallucination, just the effects of the late hour and all the stupid horror movies I watch. Then, just as I'm about to take my foot off the brake and continue on my way home, there's this huge flash of light that just erupts from the woods. It's on the same side of the road that the two creatures ran to. It was a hot orange light, like the one from just before the devil had appeared. This one was white. It was more like a flash of lightning, and it snapped me out of my daze. It made me realize that I had to investigate what was going on. I had to go and find those creatures and prove to myself that I wasn't crazy. So I put my truck into park and turned it off. The air was cool. It usually is out by the lake, but this was unusually cool for an August evening. I pulled up the hood of my sweater and stepped into the woods. I couldn't believe what I was doing. I was actually chasing after these things. I don't know why, but I was drawn to them despite the almost paralyzing fear that I felt. When I was about 20 feet into the trees, there was another flash of light. It was insanely bright, like the whole forest was lighting up. It was quickly followed by one of those hot orange blasts. I started running through the trees, fighting my way through the branches and brush. Even though the flashes filled up the entire forest, I could still tell where they were originating from. I could feel them being released. Does that make sense? Of course it doesn't. None of this makes any sense at all. So I walk maybe a quarter mile and suddenly break through this wall of thick spruce trees. The bastard scraped up my arms pretty good and I got sap all over me, but whatever. Anyways, I break through the trees and I come to this open space in the middle of the forest, this sort of field, and I see, jeez, boy, this is, this is crazy. I saw the two creatures fighting. They were just throwing flashes of light at one another. Every time one of them missed, the flash would hit the ground and just fucking explode, sending dirt and plants up ten feet in the air. The white one, the angel, it seemed to have some kind of force field. Every time the demon threw one of its flashes, the light, or fire, I guess, just bounced off and disintegrated in the air. And there was this crazy noise every time, too, like a deep thump kind of sound, and one of those blasts of heat. It was hard to tell where the flashes were coming from because the creatures moved so quickly, but I could have sworn that I saw some kind of object in the angel's hands. I think it was a gun, some kind of energy gun or something. I know that doesn't make any sense. There's nothing in the Bible about angels using weapons other than... Wasn't there some kind of flaming sword or something? Anyway, so they keep throwing or shooting this light or this energy or whatever at each other. They don't even notice I'm watching them. It must have gone on for a full five minutes. They just danced around the clearing. The devil thing, it, it hissed a few times. This deep, guttural growl. Like the orcs in the Lord of the Rings movies? Not sure if you've ever seen them. A couple of times, I actually thought about running back to my truck to grab my phone so I could record them, but I didn't. Part of me knew if I left, they would probably disappear on me. Another part of me knew that if I tried to record them, they would know. They'd know I was there and would stop me, so I just watched them. I knelt behind a thick pine tree, clutching it like it was a life preserver in the middle of the ocean or something. 
Finally, after what seemed like hours, it looked like the devil got the upper hand. He, it, whatever, it cast one of its fireballs at the ground, and there was an explosion of dirt, rocks, and stuff. The angel obviously wasn't expecting this, and he shielded his face. Just as he did, though, the devil charged toward him and tackled him to the ground. Then they were rolling around and punching like kids in a schoolyard. It was as if neither of them knew anything about hand-to-hand fighting, you know? They were so used to shooting their light and their fire, or their weapons, or whatever they were. So now the devil is on top of the angel, and it looks like he's choking it or something. I really wanted to intervene, to help the angel out. I mean, he's obviously the good guy, right? But I was too scared. I was so scared, Father. There was no way I could have run over there and, and what? Actually tackle the devil? Actually try to take him, it, on? No fucking way. So what I did instead was I grabbed a rock. This rock that was half buried in the ground, it was about the size of a golf ball. And I threw it at the devil as hard as I could, and I tell you, Father, that throw. I'd have been instantly signed by the Rockies if one of their scouts had seen it. It was straight as an arrow, dead straight for 50 feet, and it hit the devil right in the back of the head, exactly where I was aiming. In the pitch dark as well. You know in the movies and video games and stuff, when you hit someone in the head like that, there's always this really loud crack, like an axe splitting a log? Well, that's bullshit, because there was no loud crack, just a small, muffled thump. The devil instantly turned towards me, and I saw its it had these crazy red eyes, and they narrowed right in on me, like he had night vision or infrared or something, like, like the Predator. You know, the old Schwarzenegger movie with all the bullshit sequels? Just like that. It saw me through the dark, and it looked into me, like into my mind or something like that. And it let out this horrible hiss, and... And that gave the devil its chance, Father. While the devil was looking at me, the angel was able to twist out from under it. The devil sort of shrieked when it noticed that the angel got loose and turned around all confused. By the time it got back to its feet, the angel had grabbed its weapon thing and fired another blast of light. It hit the devil square in the chest and sent him flying at least... I'm not even joking, at least 40 feet. The devil landed in the dirt and let out this terrible scream. The bolt of light or energy ray or whatever the hell it was, sorry. Well, it had torn the devil's chest open, and this crazy black muck was spilling out of the wound. It didn't seem like blood or anything like that. It was really thick and shiny, more like oil. So the devil is just lying on the ground, just writhing and grunting in pain, and this muck This oil is just pouring out of him. Then the angel sort of limps over, reaches down, and tears something from the devil's chest. It looked like a weird sort of device. Then the devil starts choking like it can't breathe anymore. It reaches up and swats the angel with one hand. The other was kind of clutching its throat. It was suffocating or something. Then after about a minute or so, it just goes limp. It died. And this is where things get really strange, Father. I know you probably don't think that's possible, but it's true. The angel just tossed the device, the one he pulled out of the devil's chest, he just tossed it on the ground next to the devil's body. Then he looked up at the sky and pressed the tip of his finger to his head, and I think I can hear him talking. Some crazy language that I can't even begin to understand. And the voice, it's kind of mechanical, like it's coming out of a radio or something. Then there's this really bright flash of light. It was insanely bright. It was so surprising that I let out this started cry and actually fell over. 
When my eyes adjusted, I looked to see the angel was now staring at me. And its face, Father, that was my first real good look at it. It was perfectly smooth with these glassy, dark eyes. Then there's this really bright flash of light. It was insanely bright. It was so surprising that I let out this started cry and actually fell over. When my eyes adjusted, I looked to see the angel was now staring at me and its face father. That was my first real good look at it. It was perfectly smooth with these glassy, dark eyes, and I couldn't see a mouth. It wasn't even a face at all. It was more like a mask or a helmet. Then it spread its wings. They weren't feathery, though. They were wiry, almost metallic, and this sort of blue electricity seemed to course through them. And then it began to float above the ground, just rising in the air. It wasn't even flapping the wings or anything, but that blue light was getting brighter as it went upward. And the light, the flash that knocked me over, it's now hovering overhead. The entire sky above the section of the forest I'm in is just lit up, like it's on fire. And suddenly I realize I can hear this really low rumble. Once I hear it, it suddenly becomes all I can hear, you know? It's deafening. And then the light gets really bright, and begins to surround the angel. It's so bright, I have to shield my eyes, and the rumbling sound turns into this really high-pitched tone. And the light and the sound, it just, it just consumes the angel. And then it all stops. And the noise, the light, the angel, it all vanishes in an instant. The forest is dead silent. I was actually afraid I'd gone deaf. Eventually, though, I start to hear the rustle of leaves and the crickets and frogs and all the stuff you're supposed to hear in the woods at night. But the devil was still there. I don't know what was going through my mind, but I walked up to it. Up close, I couldn't understand what I was seeing. It was lean, muscular, and smooth from head to toe. It was almost like it was wearing a skin-tight suit of some kind. The wound where the angel's blast had hit it was smoking, and I could smell something similar to burning plastic. I knelt in front of it, and getting a closer look, I saw that its face was similar to the angel's. It was definitely wearing some kind of mask or helmet, and the area around the mouth had been torn away. That's where the angel had ripped that device from. The mouth and nose were stark white, almost translucent. The creatures were thin and angular. I was surprised by how human and how not human it looked. I didn't dare lift off the rest of the helmet, but I did pick up the device. It was surprisingly light and looked sort of like a microphone of a CB radio. It was just a metal box with slits cut into it. Now, Father, at this point, I have to say I wasn't really thinking clearly. I don't know what came over me, but for whatever reason, I grabbed the devil by the ankles and dragged it all the way back to my truck. It's at my house right now, Father. The dead devil is in my basement. And I need to show it to you because I don't know what to do. Levi, shut up! Sorry, Father. He's been acting crazy like that ever since I brought it home, just barking almost nonstop. It has nothing to do with you. He's usually very friendly. It's right down here. Again, thank you for trusting me enough to actually come here. I have it strapped to my work table here. I keep this sheet on it. I don't know why to protect it, I guess. So, here it is. I know, it's crazy, right? It doesn't even seem real. If you touch the outside here, you'll see that this is definitely a suit some kind of rubbery metallic fabric. It's not like any material I've ever felt, though. See what I mean? And up here, you can actually see, you can see into it. 
This is where the angel's blast got it. Around the wound, you can see the shredded suit and broken tubes. That's where all the oil leaked out. But the actual wound, well, I haven't dared put my hand in there yet. But you'll see it's definitely organic. And it's got that tangy metallic smell, like blood, you know? And the weird thing is that it's not decomposing. It doesn't seem to be, at least. It's not even drying out or anything, and it's been here for two weeks. It's like the suit is preserving it or something. I don't really know. This is the device that the alien tore out of the helmet. I've tried taking it apart, but it doesn't have any screws or anything like that. I can't even find any seams I can use to pry it apart. I guess I could try smashing it, but I don't want to actually destroy it. And you see here? This is the helmet. I finally got the guts to pull it off just last week. You see, the horns are actually hollow, and they connect to these couplings here on the shoulders. And I've been thinking about it, Father, and I think that this device, and the helmet, and the horns, I think it all worked together to help it breathe. I think that the angel tore it off, and that caused it to suffocate, or choke on our air, or whatever. So, if that's the case, then it obviously means this thing isn't from here. It wasn't meant to breathe our air. No, Father, I haven't told anyone else. To be honest, there's no one I can really trust. I can't go to the police because they'll look at me as a suspect. Plus, who knows what else I could be charged with. Also, Father, I have a theory. And if my theory is right, then there are probably a lot of people who would come after me if they knew this was in my basement. So here it is, Father, my theory. I don't think this thing is actually a devil. And I don't think the thing that killed it was an angel. At least not in the way we traditionally think of them. Now, I know this probably goes against your whole belief system or whatever, but I need you to just hear me out. I need someone to tell me I'm not crazy. That's really the main reason I've mixed you up in all this, to be honest. I've barely slept in two weeks. Hardly been able to eat. Look at my clothes. They're hanging off of me. I haven't even called the factory, so I'm most definitely out of a job, and the girl from the comic book store has more than likely forgotten about me. My phone's been dead for I don't even know how long, and I've barely left the house. I've been racking my brains and searching through the craziest conspiracy theory shit on the internet that I can find. And I think I've pieced it all together. You see, we usually look at devils and angels as these sort of supreme celestial beings, like they have transcended biological existence or whatever. Sort of like ghosts, I guess. But what if they're just regular living organisms like you or me or <laughs> Levi? Regular organisms that have vulnerabilities and can be hurt or killed. So if we accept that, then we have to wonder, where do they come from? Where did these two beings, one of which is right here in front of you, come from? The go-to answer, I guess, would be heaven and hell, but something about that just doesn't sit right with me, Father. If we go to the traditional heaven and hell, these non-physical places where only spirits reside, then how would these biological beings live there? I guess the simple answer to that question would be, they wouldn't. They obviously wouldn't live there. They would have to live somewhere physical. So if heaven and hell are actual physical places, then there's only one explanation, Father. Only one explanation that makes scientific sense. They aren't kingdoms in the sky and below the ground. They're planets. Heaven and hell are planets. As soon as I realized that, the other answers all just fell into place. Heaven and hell are planets, just like Earth, and angels and devils are just species from those planets. They're extraterrestrials. 
I'm sure you've heard of the ancient alien theory before. It started back in the late 60s with that book by Eric Von Daniken, Chariot of the Gods. There's even a TV show about it on the History Channel or something, or at least there was. It's the whole idea that aliens actually visited humanity in the distant past and helped influence our progression and all that. It goes all the way back to the Sumerians and this race of beings that came from the stars. Right, so you've heard of it. See, I've never really paid attention to it. Makes for fun conversation when you're passing a joint around a campfire, I guess, but that's about it. But then I look at the evidence, Father, and it's all there, plain as day. Paintings, carvings, architecture, even actual sections in the Bible, the way they describe angels and the image and voice of God. They talk about flying chariots made of fire and metal objects coming from the sky. It's all just technology, Father, and it's wielded by them. Look at its face. It's so smooth, almost featureless. Those large, dark eyes and that little mouth. Does it remind you of anything? Does it look familiar at all? Maybe like every alien from every description you've ever read? The gray aliens, it's them, Father. The devils, the angels. They're the ones that have been visiting us for all these years. They're the ones that people have been seeing. Maybe even the ones that crashed in Roswell. And the suits, the angels' glowing white exterior, those strange wing-like features on its back. Not to mention the fact that it could fly. That's how angels have always been described, even in the Bible. The suits they wear when they come to earth. Beneath it all, they're... they're this. And the rest of it is just technology. It's not some heavenly magic or anything like that. It's just alien technology. And it's been perceived as magic because people couldn't understand it to be anything else. I'm calm. I am, honestly. I've never been calmer in my life because I understand it all now. See, you, the church, you've been mostly right all along. There is a God, but he's not a magical, omnipotent being. He's just an alien ruler in charge of some random planet way out there. And Satan, he's on another planet. They were probably allies once, but he sent Satan away. And then somehow, God seeded the earth with life and he sent his angels down here to help it along, to help mankind evolve and develop. And the ones loyal to Satan, they followed him to this planet, and he's been sending them down here to stand in the way. Maybe they were even the ones behind Hitler and cancer and all the evil shit that happens. These two forces have been battling each other for thousands of years and using us as pawns and our planet as some kind of petri dish. No, I, I don't need another drink. I need you to believe me, Father. Don't you see what we've got here? What I've discovered? It will change everything. Change the world. We can expose the government for hiding this from us. And you can be at the front of it. This can revive the whole church. People will believe again. Come on, Father. Help me bring it up st- Father Carmichael stared into the young man's eyes, which had gone wide with surprise when they'd seen the pistol. His dead body remained upright for a single moment, before slumping to the basement floor and revealing a glistening black and red spatter on the wall behind him. Father Carmichael placed the pistol into his shoulder holster and turned to the body that laid on the workbench. Upstairs, the dog was howling with distress, its claws raking against the basement door. Father Carmichael would take care of it in a moment. He pulled out his cell phone, which didn't look anything like the models currently available in stores. After pressing his finger to the bottom of the screen, a single icon appeared, a simple white cross. Father Carmichael tapped the icon and held the phone to his ear. Even in the basement of a house way out at the lake, the sleek onyx device was able to connect to the central line. 
A terse female voice said, Identify. Carmichael, Sector 329A. Report. Western Colorado sighting confirmed. One deceased Dalku secure. Anunnaki presumed off-planet. Single witness has been neutralized. Stand by for retrieval team. Please confirm location. Father Carmichael gave his coordinates and the line disconnected. After slipping the cell phone into his pocket, he pulled out the rosary that had been given to him when he joined the order almost twenty years ago. He raised the worn wooden beads to his lips and kissed them. Then his gaze settled on the Dalku's dead eyes. As he gently slid the eyelids closed, two ancient words fell from his lips. Darisam Sukamumu That was John Gothier's Noise of Great Waters, as read by Jonathan Dans. Jonathan Dans is a writer who lives on the edge of the New River Gorge, that is, in West Virginia, with his wife, daughter, and a menagerie of domestic pets. When not narrating, Jonathan can be found working on his first novel, riding his bike in the woods, or hanging out with his family. even manages to hold down a steady job. If the mood strikes, visit him at his blog, Words and Coffee, at jonathandans.com. Link will be in the show notes. Thank you, Jonathan. That'll be our show for the evening, Children of the Night. Visit our Patreon page in the links below, and don't forget to like us on wherever you happen to find our podcast. Our show was produced by our editors, Scott Silk, Seth Williams, and Drew Sebastini. Website designed by Josh Leitze, and theme music by Diane Severson. Tales to Terrify is distributed under Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 license. Join us again next week for another episode of Tales to Terrify. This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network. Dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn more about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website, www districtofwonders.com Thank you for listening. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 